Many years ago, there was a movie that came out called Hancock, and it starred Will Smith, Charlize Theron, and Jason Bateman. And although the movie didn't do super well commercially, uh, it was not exactly a critical success, uh, there's a scene in the beginning of that film that uh, really came to mind when I was doing this episode where Bateman's character is pitching an idea to a conference room full of business owners and executives. And he's trying to sell this idea of the all heart symbol. Now, what that is, is this idea where he's going to put his logo on many different organizations or businesses of the products they sell, and they're going to donate part of what they make towards some sort of nonprofit or some sort of humanitarian initiative. And so he's pitching this idea, and uh, this is sort of his life's dream, his life's project. And as this is going on, he's getting a lot of blank stares from everybody else in the room. And when he's finally done, they all kind of look at him and they, they kind of laugh at him. That, oh, we're just going to do this out of the kindness of our heart, right? You know, like we're just going to give away our profits. And he kind of gets laughed at and then he, he leaves uh, flustered and, and disappointed and demoralized. Now, I bring up this story for this particular episode here because this concept of changing the world is a very big one amongst writers and film and books and and whatnot because it speaks to this idea that we all kind of recognize that there's something wrong with the world, but we're not really sure maybe what it is. Maybe we do have a good grasp on what we think is wrong with the world. Maybe we just say it's people, you know, or, or something like that. But this concept of changing the world is a narrative that gets pushed in many, many different streams of information. Right? We got to change this. We got to change that. We're always got to change, change, change. And the question I want to pose today for this episode is, you know, we're told this over and over again, but is it true? Can we actually do that? Or maybe even should we? Should we even try to change the world? I'm Josh Chaseo Felto. This is the Writer's Lens, and these are the Narrative Wars. I was going to be able to work in a Hancock reference eventually. I just had no idea when it would be, and now it was this episode, so I'm I'm happy to have done that. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, but yes, with this episode today, I wanted to pose this question of, we're told we can change the world, but can we actually do that? Now, my last episode on the, on the Narrative Wars, uh, which was episode five, I was talking about how our worldviews get developed and how this is this is a personal, intimate experience that we end up having that causes us to see the world with a certain lens or a certain perspective. And from that perspective, we can kind of take a step back and be a 10,000-foot uh, viewer and say, this is how I hope things will go, or we are propelled to act a certain way or join up with a movement or, or become an artist for something that, that we feel very strongly about. Uh, there's a call to action there that becomes part of our worldview and how that begins to shape itself as well. And so uh, that episode was really kind of laying the groundwork, I think, for this episode because as a writer, this idea of changing the world is something that I think gets, gets sold to you very early on, right? Like even when I was in probably third or fourth grade and, and I was just starting to get a handle on writing and I enjoyed it and I loved writing down my ideas and, and fleshing out stories. I just remember teachers and of course with the best intentions telling their students, you know, if you begin to, to really 
hone this this uh, ability of yours or this talent that you have, you could really change the world. You could change people's minds. You could convince that CEO like Jason Bateman was trying to do to turn you know 50% of their profits into clean drinking water for people in impoverished countries, right? Like there's this kind of pie in the sky, almost carrot dangling in front of you that you could be of some major influence in this world. And the only thing you have to do is just become a better writer. And as sexy as that sounds, or maybe even as easy uh, it might sound to some people, it's not, of course, it's not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to sit down and, and put your thoughts together in a very coherent and cohesive manner. And then when you eventually project your thoughts into the into the ether, so to speak, people actually will hear you and they'll understand you and that you speak clearly enough that they know exactly where you're coming from so they can act upon the idea or the thought that you've put together for them. That's really where the rubber meets the road for writers as far as changing the world. But let's take a step back. Let's just, let's take a step back here and talk a little bit about this concept of the world. Because within this phrase, you can change the world, is the world, is, is the word world, right? Why do we want to do that, right? Like, why is there this narrative out there about changing the world? Why is this such an imperative thing for us? I mean, is the world okay? Isn't it just fine the way it is? I mean, nature has a balance, right? Like predator prey and uh, things die, they become the grass. I mean, I, I remember the circle of life from the Lion King. And I just remember that speaking to me very clearly as a nine or 10 year old uh, sitting, <laughs> sitting in the movie theater, listening to James Earl Jones talk about uh, the ebb and flow of everything that happens in life. But there's clearly something amiss with the world, okay? Now, as a, now as a Christian, from my own uh, sort of worldview lens, as a Christian, the world itself is broken, it's fallen because of sin, okay? Because of human sin, because of sin in the world, there's this sort of corrupt, bent nature. I mean, C.S. Lewis uses the term bent. Things are bent. They're not quite straight as they should be. They're bent, they're crooked. Uh, and I just think that's a really good way of, of sort of summarizing this concept that things were once a straight and narrow line. Uh, it was predictable even, predictable to the point of allowing us to be creative within certain parameters, but something bent it out of shape, something veered off from course, and now we're in uncharted territory where things can get very messy, right? Things can go go, go bad very quickly, like murder, theft, uh, you know, covetous behavior, adulterous behavior, all kinds of horrible things, all bad things that morally we would say, okay, this is not good, okay, this is not good, and yet they still happen. And so this concept of the world is something that a writer, I think, can get attached to very easily and say, I've got to attack something that needs to be fixed, and I want it to be fixed in my lifetime if I can, if I can manage it. If my words can somehow reach someone, a, a prime player, someone who's a, a tipping point personality, this person might be able to help carry it to the finish line even if I'm the one that, that starts it, right? Even if I'm the one that sort of gets things going. Now, ideas themselves really don't find their value until I think they're acted upon because we don't really know how good something is until we test it. This is probably to our, de our detriment as, as human beings <laughs> that we, we can't help how curious we are, right? We, we just have to try everything. We have to test everything, uh, you know, I, again, going back to sort of my biblical roots here, uh, Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, don't eat that fruit. 
Okay, you might as well have just said, go eat it, because the moment you say don't, there's something inside of a human being that says, you know what, what if I did try that? You know, like, like what if I actually did check that out, you know, uh, or someone were to say, well, no one can actually get to the moon, or no one can get to Mars, right? Like, no one can fly there. Yeah, well, well what if we tried, you know, like, what if we actually put ourselves at the hazard and tried to be the first ones to do it? What, 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 what could we do with that kind of an accomplishment, right? So, so ideas don't really find their value. They don't really find out if they're worth it until they're tested and tried. Okay, so that's one of the first things. And, and, I, and I think that a second thing about ideas is that a lot of people will say that, well, if an idea doesn't come to fruition, it's either not good at all, it, like maybe there's not a majority enough to, con- to be convinced that, hey, we should test this out, or there's the, the opposite, which is very popular today, is this idea of oppression and, and suppression of ideas, uh, especially here in the West with a lot of the free speech wars going on with different social media platforms. Perhaps a culture is suppressing an ideology. It's suppressing an idea for the sake of maybe it, it disagrees with it, right? And the gatekeepers are the ones who don't like that idea getting through, so they're suppressing it. They're keeping it from being heard from other, by other people. So there's always that as well, and the idea can get snuffed out. Now, I, I'm not going to go down the path of platform, uh, you know, demonetizations of, of ch- you know, social media channels and all kinds of stuff like that. I, I'm not going to go down that path today. Sorry, maybe that's for another episode. But keeping on this, this idea of changing the world, and can we and should we? Well, of course, I think we should. I think that's the first thing that needs to be recognized. You should try to be of an impact in your, in your immediate community. Because you're going to be impactful in your family, whether you, you choose to accept that or not. I mean, every time you show up at a family gathering, you're affecting the people around you. You're engaging with them. I mean, you you being here is, well, A, I think it's a miracle. B, uh, not a miracle by your own, <laughs> not a miracle that your, your parents came together and made you, but rather just your life in general is a miracle, so remember that. Uh, but you're here for a reason. You know, you, you have purpose. You have meaning to your life. Uh, I would encourage anyone listening to this in that reality that you do have purpose for yourself. You do have meaning for yourself. So be encouraged in that and that you are affecting the people around you. And that is a form of changing the world because we are influencing people, but we're also being influenced by others. And we get influenced by a lot of different things, different mediums, television, uh, film, uh, our next door neighbor who we we admire in some way, our, our, our parents, our guardians, our brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles. Uh, and then I always come back to this again, the books we read, the writers that we find to be of utmost adoration. Uh, these individuals, the ones who put together ideas and thoughts, and they present them in such a way that we feel encouraged, or we feel like this is an endorsement, like, hey, I should really go out and do this thing, right? Whatever this person's talking about, it's pinged my interest. It's really pricked a nerve that I, I didn't know existed, maybe. And it's kind of pushed me over the edge, and now I want to go see if I can actually be of influence in whatever this person has has spoken to. And I don't mean to speak very vaguely about this at all, uh, because what I what I'm trying to do is just kind of talk about this reality that even if we don't believe that we are impactful in the world, we are. Okay, we are of an of an impact. Okay, I I work in an office where there's like three people. If I didn't show up for work every day people would notice because there's only three people in the office. There's only three people there. So if I don't show up, the other two are going to go, hey, what happened to Josh? He's not here, right? 
even if you're in a building of 100 people or 1,000, 10,000, a million, uh, there's someone who notices you. There's someone who sees you, right? You're not completely invisible. And, and I know that people will say, well, I do feel invisible at times. And there are seasons of that where you will go through that perhaps. Uh, to me, it can be extremely frustrating to feel that way uh, myself. But, but know that there are people that know you, that know of you, and to keep that with you. Because this, this concept of changing the world, yes, we absolutely should try and change the world because we do agree that there's something wrong with it. I mean, you may not be a Christian like I am. You may be of, of some other belief structure or uh, faith or philosophy. Still recognizing that there's something a little off kilter. Not everybody's playing by the rules, whatever the rules are. or Not everybody is abiding by them. Not everybody is saying the right things. Not everybody has the best intentions for everybody else. Why is that, right? Like, like what is with that, this accumulation of bad things that move forward? Uh, what are we supposed to do about it? Yes, we need to engage with that. We need to figure out where there's problems and address them. And as a writer, can we actually do that? So I guess the first half of my question, can we actually change the world? I, again, I believe yes. This is the second answer to this question. Yes, I think we can. But I think we also have to be grounded in that expectation of changing the world. Uh, because I think one of the cardinal sins, or maybe what a lot of amateur writers will drink the Kool-Aid on, is, hey, I've got this great story it's going gonna, it's gonna to save millions of lives. It's going to touch thousands. I'm going to have my name up in lights. I'm going to be doing book signings till I die. That is a pie-in-the-sky delusion of grandeur that you need to move past because I think that's where immature writers find themselves, immature creatives, have this extremely abstract view of themselves, which isn't very accurate. Okay, first of all, maybe you haven't done anything yet. <laughs> so that's the first problem. So there's a huge sense of entitlement. But secondly, the goal of changing the world is good, but the means by which you go about it should be better. So how do I go about influencing others through my work, through my writing, through my expression? You do it by focusing on yourself, first and foremost, taking responsibility for yourself. What is it that I want to project as my message? And I, and I talk about this a lot on the podcast and other episodes is, what's your unique message? You know, how do you fit into these sort of larger overarching ideas or themes? How do you fit into those? Have you ever considered that? How do you fit into social movements? How do you fit into political affiliations? How do you fit into maybe local churches, temples, synagogues? Uh, how do you fit into that space? And again, this, this kind of comes back to worldview because depending upon how you view the world and how you see your story playing out, you may want to engage with that more. You may want to say, okay, well, how does my story fit in with all, all the others? Uh, I did an episode uh, a while back, which was one of the first ones I did for this Narrative Wars series, and I was talking about how your life is part of a larger story. And I totally believe this is true. I mean, it's the reason why we think you know, big films like Lord of the Rings and Star Wars are so uh, grandiose and we admire them because as much as the, the setting and the theatrics and the force and the, the superpowers and the, and the fantastical elements, all those things are cool to see on the big screen, but it's the personal relationships, the, the actual individuals who are part of this larger story, those are the things that we really connect with right? Like you could have the most kick-butt setting, the, the greatest mythos that, you've, that people could have ever conceived 
in a fictional story or, or, or you know, science fiction. But unless you have great characters, unless you have relatable, interesting, intriguing, transformational characters, no one's going to want to read your story. Nobody's going to want to. And nobody's going to be affected by it in the way that maybe you are hopeful that they will be. So those are some things to, to keep in mind here as, uh, as we talk about this idea of changing the world. Because again, it, it comes back to personal responsibility. I'm a big believer in this. Personal responsibility is a number one. And as a writer, I have a responsibility. I don't want to say a duty, but I have a responsibility to make my message clear. Because when my message is clear, other people can, can hear it. And they can be challenged by it. They can be uh, someone that endorses that idea. They, they jump alongside it. And, you know, obviously that's good for me as a writer that people think what I do is good, <laughs> that they want to help me be of some influence and I can be of some influence for them. But never losing sight of this idea that changing the world, yes, good thing, but how I go about doing that and cultivating my own giftings, uh, my own message, making it the best that I can, that is the better goal because that's going to have an effect outward. Because if you're working inward, outward, uh, going from in to out, you're going to see a lot more uh, reward uh, come back your way when you're doing that. Um, and less stress, I think, too, because the weight of the world will crush you. Uh, the weight of the world will crush you. So that's my episode on can we change the world, right? We're told we can. Can we do it? Should we do it? Yes and yes. And it all begins with us individually uh, taking some responsibility in that. So uh, so this was episode six here in the Narrative Wars. I hope you enjoyed this one. Obviously, there's a lot of other things to unpack. Let me know what you thought about this episode. Was there something that maybe I missed? Maybe you thought that we could have covered in greater detail or would like me to cover in greater detail? I'd love to hear from you guys uh, and what you have to say about this podcast. And again, I, I appreciate all the support in the meantime. And uh, yeah, just keep sticking around. I'm hoping to do a couple episodes per week here as the summer goes on, uh, as time permits. Anyway, I'll get going here, guys. Thanks again for, for checking it out. Be sure to like, share, subscribe, all those kind of good things. And like I said, uh, give me some feedback on this. Let me know what you think about this series. would love to hear from you. And I will catch up with you guys again soon. This is Josh A.C.O. Felton for The Writer's Lens. Mm-hmm.